Hey guys, if you enjoy this episode, please support this podcast by going to talkmurder.com slash join and becoming a Talco Supremo. Saturday, May 17th, 2008, several motorists notify police of two middle-aged women who appear to be carrying out a suicide pact across a six-lane highway, Frogger style. A cameraman films documenting proof to a series of events so extraordinary that most would consider it unbelievable. But this story doesn't end there. In fact, that's the beginning. So buckle up, tacos, because this is going to be a bumpy ride. All right. So before we get started, big shout out to Savannah. She's got a new episode. And if you are into LSD, like I know a couple (laughs) of you are, and you're into the beach, then check out her new episode. So tonight, this is a crazy story that apparently I'm the only podcast that likes doing crazy stories here. This is true. You do like to go where no other podcast will go. That's true. And I cannot get this story out of my head. It's literally way better than last week's incest story. How so? (laughs) Because it doesn't have an hour of me talking about incest. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, I didn't know if you meant Uh, better. I I didn't know what you meant by that. Two hours of me talking about incest. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. If you listen to part two of Fred and Rose West. um, Thanks for still listening to (laughs) us. That was rough. Yeah. Oh, that was I did dive pretty deep into the family matters. All right, tonight, I'm so excited for the story. Of course, the last story we did was in the UK, so Google has been spamming a bunch of UK stories at me, so we're going right back to the UK tonight. Woo! For a crazy story that, ah, I just cannot believe it. This is mostly a visual story, guys, and I'm sorry, but... You have to see the video. Nicole's going to do her best to announce what's going on like a football announcer while we play the videos. But after you listen to this, you need to go see these videos. And where can you go see these videos? Talkmurder.com. What is it? Talkmurder.com. Talkmurder.net. Talkmurder.xxx. All right, guys, tonight we are going to Saturday, May 17th, 2008. This is during Rush Hour, that that movie with Jackie Chan. No, was Uh, he in that movie? No. Chris Tucker and and Jackie Chan. Yeah. We're going to Jackie Chan. Tonight we're We're going going to Jackie Chan. (laughs) Tonight we're going to M6. Do you guys know what that is? Yes. It's the British police. It's like the 007 thing? The BMW. The That's correct. We're going to a BMW dealership tonight to look at the new M6 2020. <laughs> the M6, guys, is one of the longest highways in Britain. Oh. It's a highway. It's a six-lane highway, and it's huge. 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 May 17, 2008 is a Saturday. It's busy, busy, busy on the highway. Cars flying down the road. 
and two women are walking in the middle and all of a sudden one of them jumps the guardrail and you can kind of see it here from the oh, video. Oh, she's climbing over. She climbs over and gets hit by a car. Oh. Do you see that? Yep, she got hit by a sedan yes. and the other girl goes after her. Yeah, exactly. So she got hit by a car. The police are already dispatched before this even happens, before the woman runs out into the road, because they have cameras all along the highway. And and these dispatchers have been following these two women walking up this median before they even ran out into the road. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So a cop was already coming to get them because they're threatening safety of all the drivers. Now, luckily for us, the next events are actually captured on camera, there was a BBC show exactly like Live PD or Cops over here called Motorway Cops. And a cameraman was actually filming during this event. He was actually in the cop car that was dispatched to the scene. Okay, so what you're watching now is from Motorway Cops. This is the episode. They're driving down the road. These two cops have just been dispatched because they got the report that a woman has actually been hit. So what you're about to see is them pulling up to what they think is the woman. Now, remember, I showed you there's two women and they don't know this yet. Right now, they're pulling up and they see a woman in a red jacket, a red cardigan, and she's just standing there. Okay. So do they think that's the one that was hit? Well, they don't know because, okay. I mean, look at her. She doesn't look like she's been hit. She's right. standing. She looks fine. She looks fine. Standing up, walking around. And then you can see the other woman uh, behind her. As of now, the cop that was just dispatched and the TV show are just pulling up, trying to see who got hit because someone was reported hit. Right. And you saw the video. She bad. got hit. Yeah. At a very high speed. At a very high speed. And now she's just fine. How is that even possible? What you're looking at now are the two women that were walking down the median. One of them's wearing a green jacket and the other one's wearing kind of a long coat, a red coat. The green jacket had me confused because I thought it's like a very similar color to the emergency workers jacket. These are the two women that were walking. Looks like they're wearing something different than in the videos, but maybe that's just because of the distance of the camera. The distance, yeah. And that video is black and white, too. Oh, well, that would make more sense. I'm going to spoil it for you. These two women right here are sisters. And now what you see is the cameraman for the motorway cop show. He's standing behind the three emergency personnel. And you can't see the women because he's kind of behind them. But this is what happens. I'm not a doctor. Right, she watch. Been knocked down is she the one that speaks English? Oh, oh, she's trying to jump again. Oh, shit. Oh, my God. (laughs) So what happened? Tell us what happened. She was deciding to play in traffic. She runs again, tries to get in front. She's deliberately trying to get in front of cars, and it looks like she got hit by an 18-wheeler. She got hit by an 18-wheeler. Very good. They're called Lori's over there. L-O-R-R-Y. You can see her shoe... She's dead, right? Holy shit. I would imagine so. Unless she got like underneath the truck and didn't. But I mean, how did she she manage the first one? Because it looked like she got pretty hit hard the first time. And then she's like, I mean, she must have really wanted to die right then and there because she didn't even skip a beat. Mm. Yeah. You know, this story will give you straight anxiety. Okay, it has given me anxiety 
the entire time I researched it. So here is a Giphy that I'm putting on talkmer.com recapping that event. So you see her break away oh, from the cop. God. And then she gets get hit. Her. She even missed a car the first lane. She was like deliberately trying to get in front of a car the first lane. And then the 18-wheeler was in the middle lane. Now here's another Giphy of that from the CCT view that I'm showing you guys. So you can get a better view of why of what she did I'm not a doctor. She has been knocked down she and she's she starts to run yet oh she misses God. that truck and oh, then Jesus Shit. Christ. oh my God. that's a body oh that's a body why the uh, shit would she do that and she but she's deliberately trying to get in front of a truck because she missed her window the first time because the guy grabbed her jacket mm-hmm. so she's like truly trying to kill herself so those two girls are sisters and the one in the green cardigan runs out and gets hit by a huge semi truck. What about the other one? The one in red would try to stop her the first time. Didn't mm-hmm. she not know that this would happen again? Like you'd think she would be more protective or hovering over her sister. You know what I mean? I don't know. I mean, when you're looking at the documentary for that first clip. Oh, see, well, now Jeez. this time she didn't try to stop her. No, not so at all. She's just kind of just like, man, Whatever. all right. So, uh, hold on. What I'm showing them now is a still image of exactly when the sister in the green cardigan breaks away from the police officer. Now, this is right before she gets hit by the truck. And what do you notice about the scene here? What do you know about the other sister? She's just standing she's there smoking a cigarette. Looking away, not even paying attention to her sister. But she tries to stop her the first time, but this time, like, I'm trying to think, okay, if I was just with talking to my sister who was having a breakdown moment, she tries to jump herself in front of traffic, misses, and then they're on the side of the road, I would be, like, protective and hovering and probably, like, like, oh, my God, freaking out. But she's very nonchalant and is not being a protective like trying to protect her from going back into the road by any means. Yeah, that's a good point. Let, let's play that clip again, and then we'll continue from there. I'm not a doctor. She has been knocked down. Is she the one that speaks English? Oh, oh my God. She can run the car. Oh, no! Bitch! Oh, Jesus! I would not want to be a first responder on that scene. Yeah, like, can either. you imagine being uh-uh. the poor, like, the gu- the police officer who tried to grab yeah. her jacket uh-uh. or the truck driver who, like, couldn't have no. known or done mm-hmm. anything? Oh, no. my God. So this is the scene right after she got hit by that truck. <gasps> no fucking way. Mike Alpha, Mike Alpha, we need ambulance, senior officers to the scene. We've got two possible fatals. <laughs> Both sisters ran out into the road and got hit by oncoming traffic. Here, I'll show you that one The one, one in time. the red, like, almost waited too long because other yeah. cars were already starting to stop. Yeah. And you can see your body. Did you Mike see your body flipping over? Yeah. yeah. Oh. Did you see your body flipping over yeah. the yeah. car? Yep. Mm-hmm. It was a smaller car, though. She, yeah. It definitely yeah, yeah, it was a smaller car. May not it was enough a to kill her. Truck. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like the other, the first girl I'm pretty, got like... Oh, God. Oh, that first one is brutal. Like, yeah, like in the middle of the truck. This one you can maybe be able to survive. You can see her legs yeah. up there. Yeah. She so hits, she, it's a mini. It's uh, not a mini It's a VW... Uh, like a Volkswagen type thing. Yeah, like a Golf. A VW Golf or Jetta hatchback. So both women 
run out into traffic. <laughs> I mean, what the fuck, right? What do you guys yeah, think so what far? The f- they're suicidal, I guess. What a this is a first. Doesn't that give you anxiety? Yeah, yes. it does. <laughs> really bad anxiety. This wow. is a second sister. That's where she hit. You Oof. see the window yeah, it's completely it's, crushed. It's crushed. I mean, and and the car was already kind of slowing down because yeah. the other cars were stopping from the other woman. Yep. Um. So I I don't know if it was an impact that could have killed her. What happened to the driver of those vehicles? Like, were they did okay? They... Well, that's a good point. This is the driver of the lorry. She just ran out in front of us. Both women survived. What? Yes. And this story just started. You have got to be <laughs> kidding me. God damn, I need a drink. <laughs> I know. Whoa. <laughs> I know, me too. This story gives me straight anxiety. They survived. I like swear <laughs> I saw pieces of that woman's body like <laughs> pop up from under that truck. Holy shit. She got hit by a semi truck going oh. 60 miles an hour. And she and her sister survived. Wow. Now, why the fuck would two sisters run out into traffic? That's what we're going to talk about tonight. Oh, my gosh. Like, they were planning to, like... But, like, that's such an asshole-ish way. I don't know. Like, Well, maybe that maybe <sighs> that was the thing, is that they were they had no concern for the rest of the people. Maybe they were trying to, like, harm other people. Be like, oh, well, yeah. you know, like, you know we're going to go out and we're going to take other people with me. That's a good point. Thinking. The video that I'm showing you now, which I'll put on talkmer.com, is of the two women, their two sisters, Swedish sisters. They're both 41. They're identical twins. Mm. This is a video of both of them getting care for their massive wounds. I was going to say, like... (sighs) Well, all right. So the first woman in the green jacket, massive injuries and compound fractures. The officer at the scene, you'll hear him say, her legs practically exploded. She was pretty much paralyzed from the waist down, and her bones were actually sticking out. God. Christ, have you ever seen that before? That's a first. Yeah, I'm me. What the hell were they running for? Stay where you are. Stay. Oscar Tanga 3-3 on arrival. Both oh my God. So what, I what, cannot believe she is mm-hmm. conscious even. So what you're seeing now is just a basic video of the medical personnel attending to both of the individuals. First female has been hit by HGV in lane two, serious injury. Second female has been hit by a small vehicle in lane one. Got two serious casualties. We're going to need air arms of her. We're policemen of we're here to help. Oh, I recognize you. I know you're not real. Did you hear what she said? I don't no. recognize you. Oh, I recognize you. I know you're not real. She says, oh, I recognize you. I know you're not real. Okay. What? Now the whole time these, now the whole time these police are saying, we're the police, we're the police, we're the police, we're here to help. She's got a compound fracture. What is it? Right leg. Are they Irish? Swedish. Swedish. No, come on, my love. Come on, you've hit your head. Calm down. We are the police. We are the police. Calm down. Calm down. No, you're hurt. Calm down. Calm down. Calm down. Calm down. How is she fucking moving? She. 
or the one in the green is fighting to get up. But she is pretty much paralyzed from the waist down. She's actually in critical, critical condition. That's the one that got hit by the semi truck. Mm. I do but, not understand how she is actually like the fact that she is conscious is crazy. Mm. Well, the reason you don't hear the other sister just yet is because she lost consciousness for 12 minutes, but she is about to wake up mm. and she is in a chipper mood. Calm down. I need to sedate them. Did she just say bitch? Mine's very aggressive, spitting at me. She is very badly injured. The police said she's spitting at me and trying to bite me. My God. You're hurt. Calm down. Calm down. They need to sedate her. You're hurt. Fucking asshole. Calm down. She said fucking asshole. Oh, my God. If that were me. (laughs) I'd be like, like, all right, bye. Yeah, (laughs) I'd be like, fuck you, bitch. You could have just died. Oh, I'd be so mad. Okay. I'm trying to save your fucking life. Well, it could be a brain injury. You know, yeah. you got uh, hit in I'm the head. I'm pretty sure that they have some severe brain injury if they're trying to walk into traffic beforehand. Yeah. Uh, or they're tripping. Now the sister in the red is waking up. Whoa, 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 you see whoa, her coming whoa, whoa, whoa. to you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stay, stay, stay. Have they got a collar or something they can stick on her? It's work, really. She needs everything. Yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Right, don't get going anywhere, okay? Just chill, chill, okay? They're going to steal your organs. They're going to steal your organs. Oh, nice catch. Yeah, she said, they're going to steal your organs. (laughs) What? (laughs) The the woman in the red escapes and then punches... Oh, my God. ...the police officer. Where's the fucking sedatives? Honestly. Well, the, the you, you EMS see that? haven't gotten there yet. These are still the cops. Oh. Does this not give you straight anxiety? Oh, the yeah. Story? The woman in the red jacket punches the officer and now is running in the opposite lane of the opposite side of the highway. And the traffic was not stopped in that lane. Right. So we're we're doing a round she's, two. She's <laughs> round, round three. three. Yeah, round, round three. three. She's like. Yeah, walking backwards, trying to like almost fight the cop. How is she able to do this? At this point, incoming traffic has been stopped in the other lane because she had crossed the median and now she's running in the other lane. And a couple good Samaritans got out of their car and tried to help. Now, this is a giphy of them trying to subdue her. It took six people to subdue her. Wow. I would not be one of those people. Mm. I'm just going to say that. I'd be too afraid she had like a needle on her or something. She's screaming help. We are the police. Oh my God. She is calling help. Send the police. And then one of the cops says, we are the police. Fuck you guys. Fuck you. Oh my wow. god. <laughs> wow. Holy shit. That's fucking crazy. <laughs> I mean, it's almost a good thing that the other sister was paralyzed from the waist down so she can yeah, run across because the... she was going to do the same thing <gasps> and they would have had to they would have had two a twofer. <laughs> so what's your first impressions? What do you think right now? What do you think's going on? Why were they walking in the middle of the interstate, and why did they try to get... Is this a suicide pact? Like, what is this? What's going on here? 
I, I mean, it could be drugs, but I think it's a men- they have a mental health issue. My initial thought thoughts are either drugs or maybe they were running from something like maybe they maybe they were running from someone and they they were just maybe something happened. They were like, well, just screw it. Let's just go. You don't think it was like schizophrenia or anything? It could be. It could be a mental disorder. All right. So at the time, they were 40 years old. They were both born on the same day. Obviously, they're identical twins. Born in Sweden, 3rd November 1967. The one in the red who was not seriously injured, her name is Sabina, like Sabrina without the R. The other one who was very badly injured and remained in hospital for a very long time, her name was Ursula. Ursula Erickson. So these are the Erickson twins from Sweden. Now, Erickson is spelled E-R-I-K-S-S-O-N. So they're both Swedish. Now, what are they doing over here in the first place? Like, how did they get here? That's what we're going to try to figure out tonight. Ursula was actually visiting her sister in Ireland on Friday, May 16th, 2008. And Sabina's partner at their home in Ireland told police that she... And her sister did this weird twin thing that I can't really understand, but I've I've met two identical twins, so I do kind of understand it. They're just, they think the same. They're like one unit. Mm-hmm. And she was describing it to the police as they just reconnected and then almost as one unit, they left. I did see in one report where Sabina's partner and their kids, there may have been some domestic violence issues. And the sister, Ursula, visited her sister in Ireland, and then they left. They departed to London, maybe to put a restraining order or get custody of the children or something like that. None of this is really confirmed all that well. Hmm. The sources that I'm using are sources like Vice and stuff like that. So they're independent journalists, but I wouldn't really say they're really, really, really credible. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So. I don't know a lot of the details of this story. And this story did not make the newspapers at all. It was very hush-hush, and you're going to see why here in a little bit. They wanted to go to London. The reason for that is unclear. The police never got a reason for it. They did get on a bus, and this is around lunchtime. Their bus stops at Keel Service Ways. So the two sisters arrived at Keel services bus station it was a scheduled rest stop and the driver of the bus refused to let the two sisters back on and when he was asked why he wouldn't let them back on it's because they were changing buses so the driver and probably a helper or whoever Mm -hmm. would manually move everyone's luggage into the new bus and the two sisters refused to have their luggage moved by anyone but themselves And the whole time they were clutching their bags to their chest, acting very weird and strange and really freaking the driver out. Almost so that he thought they may be carrying some sort of explosive device or a bomb. The cops Uh. were actually called because there's CCTV that is being monitored as well Hmm. um, of this bus station. And I want to bring up that point real quick. I noticed this about the UK and it's not like this in the U.S., They seem to monitor all of their CCTV cameras all the time. In fact, there's a whole show about that that I watched. I think it was on Discovery Channel or something like that. But they're always looking. 
his mm-hmm. very big brother is over there. I, when I was in London with my mom, there's signs everywhere that's like, you are being monitored on CCTV. And that's something that you don't see very often at mm-hmm. all over here. But the signs over there, it's it's known. It's a, it's a thing. They just monitor us in other ways. Yeah. So the cops were called, but they didn't detain the two sisters or even check their bags. Hmm. What they did was give them a number for another bus and said, you know, have a good day. Which brings us back to the video of them walking on the M6 in the middle of the highway. That was right after the bus. So those events now connect for you guys. I'm kind of surprised that they didn't check their bags. Yeah, I well, didn't they, see you know, any they... bags in the videos. I saw one of them holding a purse. Oh, okay. Now, right after the incident on the highway where both women were hit by incoming traffic, Sabina actually goes to the hospital and they record her going through the process of getting booked. And she actually pleads guilty to Hmm. trespassing on a freeway and assaulting an officer, the the punch Hmm. that you Mm -hmm. saw earlier. Now, think back real quick to Sabina, the one that was being carried away and screaming Mm -hmm. And just being completely insane. And then try to compare that Sabina with this one. (laughs) You're looking at how many wrinkles up there. So what you're watching now is Sabina in the police station. The cops are bantering back and forth. She's smiling. They're smiling. It's a completely different person from the one that you saw on the interstate. They got hit by a car. Yeah, probably a man in his best age. Yeah, 45. Oh, yeah. 44? You got it. 45. What I want you guys to take away from this video of her in the police station getting booked is her sister was literally almost killed and she is in critical condition. And not once does Sabina ask about her sister. Huh. Did they test her for any drugs when she's at the hospital? That's a really good point. They did. They tested her for drugs and alcohol. She was completely clean. She didn't have any drugs or alcohol on her person, no pipes, nothing, and none in her system. They found only one socks for me. Yeah, so try not to breathe. Now, listen to what she says right here. She says, we say always in Sweden that an accident rarely comes alone. Usually at least one more follows, perhaps two. It's kind of like our saying, like, deaths come in threes or whatever, bad things happen yeah. in threes. Yeah. She's also saying, do I have to take off my jewelry? Do I have to take off my shoes? She's looking in the mirror, fixing her hair. The whole time she's not concerned whatsoever about her near dead sister that is in critical condition right now. It's like she doesn't even know her sister even exists. You'll see her checking her hair and checking her face to make sure she looks good. Is she asking about what happened to her? Like, does she remember what she did? She doesn't ask anything. Hmm. In fact, if you watch the video, it's almost as she doesn't even know what country she's in right now. Hmm. So here she is fixing her hair. She said, no, not the earrings. I don't want to take the earrings off. Now, she was kept for two days in the police station and she was charged with 
trespassing on a freeway and assault of an officer. And she got one day in jail for that time, which was already served because she was there for two days. I think it's interesting that they said that she didn't have any drugs or alcohol in her system yet during the incident she was you know well, i want the police like f you you know she, it seemed like she had she, no idea she where she thought they were going to take her organs yeah she had no idea what planet she was on did, so. well did they find that she had a serious brain injury that's a good question they looked into her medical past there was no brain injuries. Her or her sister has never had any mental health issues whatsoever. They're 41. They've never had any any issues whatsoever. They're both living good lives. Sabina was living in Ireland and Ursula in America, both with families, both completely normal. And this incident did not also give her a brain injury. Oh, I I don't know about that. Well, I wonder, you know how they said like, oh, is that a cause for her to be acting so crazy? Like if she was in shock. Well, she was crazy before because she ran into the road. Yes, I agree with that. And she had no idea why she was taking a bus to London. That is number one. That's kind of crazy. Agreed. me, the reason this case is not well known is because the cops should have detained her on medical grounds and we're going to get to that in a minute and in the original video from the motorway cops they edited out a very important conversation between two officers one of them i believe he's lieutenant orders her to get screened medically for mental health and held okay held Mm -hmm. by the police until she gets an all clear from psychiatrists they cut that out why and that? Well, you're about to see. So doesn't seem like an, an unreasonable thing after her nearly killing herself and putting others in danger. So she leaves the police station because she's released. She's not from here. She probably has no money. She doesn't know where she's at. And she's not asking about her sister at all. Does she even know she has a sister? I don't know. I don't think they even asked her those questions. Okay, it's it's very weird. It's very weird. It's like they're afraid to bring it up. They did release her. Now, around 930 p.m., two men leaving a local pub about a few miles away spot her. She's standing in the middle of the road. She's got all of her belongings in some clear plastic bag, like from a shopping center that she had found. She put all her belongings in there and she's standing in the middle of the road. Oh, my gosh. With this road. What is wrong with you, girl? There's something wrong with her. I don't understand. One of these men is a former RAF airman and a qualified paramedic. His name was Glenn Hollinshead. He is with his buddy. They're drinking at the pub, Peter Malloy. Now, the two men being Good Samaritans see her and ask her if she needs help with anything. And she says, I'm trying to find my sister. I'm trying to find my sister. So they're like, "Okay, okay." And then she keeps asking for a bed and breakfast. It'd be a hotel over here. That's what she meant. Right. You know, where's the hotel? Where's the hotel? So these two Good Samaritans, they say, listen, there's no bed and breakfasts here. I mean, this is a very small community. If you would like, you could stay with us for tonight and then, you know, we can help you find your sister in the morning or whatever. So she agrees. 
Now they all go back to Glenn's home and they're sitting around the table. They're drinking a beer too. Do they not think that there was something wrong with her though when she was standing in the middle of the road, like to invite her back to their place? Yeah, but are you just going to leave her in the middle of the road? No, but I would take her to the hospital. Yeah, I don't... she just came from the police station. Well, they don't know that. You gonna take her to the hospital? She ain't gonna want to go to the hospital. I wouldn't Doesn't take her matter. to my house. Are you, are you you're just gonna take some woman standing there to a hospital? I would call. Um, the, I would call the police and I would say, S- "Can you? Some, can somebody please check this out?" Yeah, that's a good idea. But they didn't. They're good Samaritans. So or idiots. Uh, well, depending, depending on, on where the story, the story goes, but so they all go back to the home and they're drinking a beer and. They're asking about her sister. You know, where's your sister? You know, how can we help you find her? And they noticed she kept getting really quiet and strange when they mentioned her sister. As the night progressed, both of the men notices that she is getting stranger and stranger. For instance, the entire night she was flipping around with a pack of cigarettes that she had. Remember the ones that Mm -hmm, you saw her mm -hmm. smoking on the highway? And she offers it to the men. They're like, sure, we'll take a smoke with you. So now you got three cigarettes, one in each mouth. And right when they're about to light up, she snatches them from the two men, puts them all back into the carton and says, why are you doing that? These could be poison. So that was kind of one of the weird things that she did. Before midnight, the friend Malloy, he actually leaves, leaving Glenn there by himself with her. He actually called his brother and was going to take her to the local hospital in the morning. And before she wakes up for breakfast, Glenn actually walks out of the house, knocks on his neighbor's door because he's trying to make breakfast for her before she starts her day. He asks for some tea bags. He goes back into his home and then the neighbor reports seeing him coming right back out of his home saying, quote, she stabbed me. She stabbed me. Just when you thought this story couldn't get any more bizarre. 54-year-old Glenn Hollinshead, the veteran, the Good Samaritan, was stabbed five times. He walks back outside of his house and he collapses right there on the stairs (gasps) and he dies right there. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Are you effing kidding me? See why we wouldn't take someone back to our house now? Oh, my God. I have a feeling that health background check was not very thorough. Yeah, or they didn't do like a CT scan or something to check where her brain was at. This story gets better. How could it possibly get better? (laughs) (laughs) What? Are you guys choose? This is like a choose your own adventure. Oh, yes. I love those virtual realities. What if we choose two different things? Should I tell you what's really going on or should I... Finish the story until she gets caught and then tell you what's going on. Finish the story and then tell. Yeah. Okay. I'll finish the story. A neighbor calls 999. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. 999 and 999. And CCTV catches her running down the street. She had grabbed a hammer at the dead guy's house that she stayed at and just killed with the knife. Oh, my God. She's caught on CCTV running and hitting herself in the head with a hammer. (gasps) (laughs) What? 
is uh, what even you're hitting yourself stop hitting yourself oh my gosh she is determined to die she's gonna take anyone out along the way uh, she is <laughs> fucked up in the head i think uh, she's schizophrenic another good samaritan stopped and saw that she was distressed tried to take the hammer away and she hit him with the oh, hammer he no. didn't die but the hammer falls to the ground and she picks up a ceiling tile and hits him over the head with it. Yikes. And then she takes off running. Now, cops are right behind her. This pursuit is going crazy. And they actually catch her at the at the Heron Cross Bridge where she jumps <gasps> 40 feet high, breaking both of her ankles and fracturing her skull. Oh, my goodness. She was taken to the hospital. 40 feet up in the air, she jumped from a bridge on the highway. And she survived. Even Stephen King couldn't come up with something this good. Yeah, her ankles are now <laughs> broken. It's like misery. <laughs> okay, take your best guess. W- what route am I going down? There's an explanation for this. I think she's schizophrenic. Let me tell you about a French word here. A folie et deux. Has anybody heard of that? Folie et deux. A deux Fun means two. two. This is a psychology term coined in the 19th century France. It goes by a couple other names. And this is so crazy. I could not get this out of my head. One of the names is induced insanity. This is an actual disorder. What is it? I'm going to tell you exactly what this disorder is, but it is a type of delusion. And she and her sister were suffering from the same thing at the same time. It is extremely interesting. What I'm going to show you now is a video from 1954. The man talking is Heinz Lamont, medical doctor, and he is going to explain what Follet Adour is. We are going to see two patients, mother and daughter, who are suffering from Follet Adour, Folie Adour. Or induced insanity, one of the less common forms of mental disease. This psychosis develops first in one person, and is then communicated to one or more persons who have a close emotional attachment to the one originally affected. It is usually seen in couples who live a rather secluded life, dependent on each other. For instance, parent and child, husband and wife, or two spinster sisters. It must be understood that the infection with insanity from one person to another is a purely psychological phenomenon. Consequently, Physical separation of the two persons for some time will often suffice to bring about recovery in the one who was secondarily affected. But this is sometimes not practical. Our two patients, for instance, were separated while the daughter was receiving treatment. The mother lost her symptoms, indeed, but became so profoundly depressed because of the separation from her child, the only person in the world for whom she cares, that the two had to be brought together again even though the daughter's treatment had not been successful. Within a few days, the mother had again accepted all of her daughter's delusional ideas as reality. The daughter became psychotic following a minor operation on her nose. She expresses a number of grandiose delusions and delusions of persecution. For more than a year, both lived an unhappy, harassed life, where filing absurd and groundless suits in various courts were constantly demanding police protection and were frequently arrested by immigration officials because of illegal border crossings. 
The mother believes that witchcraft is responsible for their troubles, while the daughter, with a more sophisticated cultural background, is merely puzzled by mysterious powers from a distance. Through the ages, delusional people have always tried to explain their strange beliefs by appealing to some mechanisms which at the time were accepted as scientific truth. In different centuries, people have invoked witchcraft and magic, hypnotism and telepathy, radio, and today, radar, television, and atomic power. Okay, a couple things that I want to point out. Number one, he called it infection. This is an infection. Hmm. Okay, yeah. so it is contagious, almost. And it's completely psychological, like he said. Another thing I want to point out, the people that suffer from this may try to cross a border, may try to go into another country, may try to, you know, escape their current situation. I mean, so that is very relatable to what we watched mm -hmm. earlier with these two women. What he was talking about is this young woman you're seeing right now in this 1954 video. She had gotten no surgery and she was fine before that, but something happened during the surgery and she developed psychosis. Huh. Now, if you watch this whole video, which I'll embed on talkmurder.com, she ends up in a psych ward claiming everyone's out to get her and the other patients are killing people at like a distance, you know, some kind of mystical distance. Now, the mother, she didn't go through that operation and she was completely fine before they were living healthy lives. But her being so emotionally attached to her own daughter started feeling and living those same delusions as her own daughter. And in this video you see right here, the daughter, the young woman is a protagonist. So she says, oh, they're trying to get me, they're trying to get me, they're trying to kill me. And then the mother agrees with her. And it's completely unrealistic. No one's trying to get her. No one can kill her from a distance. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So do you understand what it is? It's a shared psychosis. So which of the sisters was the... Well, that's the a really good question. That's a really good question. Because somebody had mental health issues. Right. Well... That's what I thought. But we know a lot more today about Foulet et Lieu than we did back in 1954. Also known as induced insanity, it usually develops in one person first and then jumps to the next with emotional attachment. It doesn't have to be just two people. There are cults with multiple people. They mm. all share delusions, mm. you know, mm -hmm. and it could be more than one people. They all have to be really emotionally attached, though. Twins. Mother and daughter, wife and husband, sometimes separating them cures both. But in this case of the 1954 video, it did not. Victims often blame witchcraft, demonic possession. And in this video, you know, during the Cold War, uh, atomic power. OK. And, and radio waves. This is from a YouTube channel and he uploaded this a few days ago. So I was very excited that I found it. His name is Dr. Todd Grande, and he's a psychologist, and he explains Foulet et Dieu very well. So I'm going to run down the notes that I took from his video. This psychotic disorder was noted in the DSM-4, but it was removed. It's not classified in the DSM-5. It is very rare. 1.7 to 2% of all psych hospital admissions have these. So that's just psych hospital. And most of the people that 
go through this end up in the psych hospital, Mm -hmm. you know, because they're delusional. So it's a very, very, very small population of people that actually go through this. The disorder has many names. It goes by madness shared by two, double insanity, induced psychosis, psychosis of association, communicated psychosis, simultaneous psychosis, and imposed psychosis. There has to be two people involved. One, the primary partner, also called the inducer, the principal, the dominant. That's who it starts with. There's also the secondary partner, also called the associate or the submissive partner. So try to think which one of the sisters is the dominant partner. I think Sabina might be. I don't know. I think Ursula was. She's the one that went first. Jumped first. The primary, the one that it starts first in, is typically thought of as being more intelligent of the pair. But there's really no concrete proof for that. The secondary does have a higher chance of comorbidities. And a lot of times they have underlying mental issues as well. So basically they may already be suffering from whatever mental disease that makes them more acceptable to a shared delusion. This happens in one-third of siblings, one-third married, husband and wife, and one-third in parent and child. The actual disorder, Follet et Dieu, is only associated with the secondary partner. The primary partner has the underlying condition, whether it's... could be like schizophrenia. There you go. Schizophrenia, delusion, depressive disorder, bipolar disorder, and then that disorder mirrors itself into the secondary person and that secondary person has the folie et dieu. Okay. Uh-huh. Now to answer your question about which sister had it, check this out. There's four types in post psychosis transmits to someone who is mentally sound. So let's say if Nicole and I get it, I'm mentally sound and then I may, you know, receive the delusions because, you know, I'm more mentally sound. In this case, the delusions usually disappear when the couple is separated. There's also communicated psychosis, where the secondary resists ideas for a while. But eventually, not only will they implement the same ideas and delusions, but they'll also create a new system of delusions that complement the original ideas. Okay? Hmm. So it's like parallel to to the other delusion. So what I mean there is... Let's say Nicole thinks aliens are chasing her and then myself receives the communicated psychosis, which I resist at first, but she's all about these aliens. Now, not only will I accept her ideas of aliens, but I'll also be like, oh, yeah, there's you see those rays of light. Those are ray guns. I'll complement them with other delusions. That's called communicated psychosis. The third type is simultaneous psychosis. There we go. Because I was wondering, who is it? Who wish one of the sisters? Usually this happens after a traumatic event. Let's say the parents die and two siblings go through this traumatic event together. Simultaneously, at the same time, they'll develop a delusion together. Instantaneous. They both are the primary. Okay, huh. That's the new psychology we know today that they did not know in 1954. So that's interesting because you brought up the point that Ursula's partner may have been abusing the kids. Yeah. So that could have been a traumatic event. However, it doesn't sound like the two of them went through that together. Hmm. But the other trigger, if it's simultaneous, could be Ursula having the delusion, having a delusion because of the trauma from seeing her partner abuse her kids, 
running into traffic and that's a traumatic event that they both went through at that same time and then Sabina jumping into traffic too. Yeah, and I want to point out I'm not 100% sure of the abuse of the kids. I did read one report which mentioned kids and it also said that Sabina had got into a domestic fight with her partner. The last type is induced psychosis with both individuals starting out as psychotic. And then the primary introduces new delusions and ideas to the secondary. So those are your four types of folie et dure. What the psychologist also talks about is usually with this disorder, there is a high rate, a very high rate and we do not understand this yet, of homicide hmm. followed by suicide. Interesting. Oh. And we That's do not happened. understand why that is. Just this disorder, why that is. But does that not fit the mold? Yeah, it, yeah. it does. Exactly. So she stabs this guy five times, he's dead, and then she goes and jumps off a bridge. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she doesn't die again, but, you know. It, it could be that... The delusions are telling you because because you're having this these hallucinations this these delusions that the random victim could be the source of of them so mm. they try to yeah. attack that victim to get rid of the delusions and then they realize what they have done and then it's like oh go well you know you can't escape this now go go kill right. yourself type of thing so what do you guys think you guys think that they were really suffering. I know it's crazy because like, how can two people have the same? It's like tripping together. I I remember me and my buddy, we, we did like this, um, called it like black magic or something. And, uh, we smoked it out of this little bong he had. And we started tripping so bad that we both thought something was chasing us. Was this the spice? Yeah. The spice, the spice that we were smoking in the military. Mm -hmm. We were tripping so bad that we thought something was chasing us. I'm not saying shared delusion like, oh my God, there's a freaking bull dragon. chasing us or yeah. a dragon, but mm -hmm. it's it's just the the paranoia of something chasing us. Yeah. I'm not saying that that was what it was, but you know, that's kind of a shared experience. Right. But this is like completely crazy, isn't it? Yeah. Shared delusions, holy tits. Well, your brain can do some pretty special things if you've gone through significant trauma if that's what mm. brings it on in the primary brain and then we also have a tendency to be empathic um towards others that that makes sense with the emotional connection having an emotional connection with someone she's obviously arrested and for murder right mm -hmm. so what do you think what would you give her please tell me it's not what canada does <laughs> it's not exactly uh... what canada is but at the same token, we've been doing this podcast for a long time and I start and I'm starting to see a lot of things differently. And for a case like this and the one in Canada, it's saying basically if your dog gets rabies and he bites you, is it your dog's fault or is it the rabies fault? Mm. Because if she had this mental illness, you really can't say it's her fault. You can say that about any serial killer. I though. know, but but and hear I'm me sorry. out. And hear and hear me out. But these serial killers that we study, some of them, and I know this is going to rub people the wrong way, they can't help it per se. I don't. I'm not saying that they can't help, but well, that does not mean that someone they know should, right from wrong. Yeah. should 
No, I'm not even saying like uh, they might not know right from wrong, but that does not mean that they should be free walking members of society. Mm-hmm. They they're because they could do it again because they still don't know the difference between right and wrong. Right. Yeah. And that's where the insanity plea when you actually are insane or suffering from mental illness, it, it it is important to have that. You know, I think that she should have been put in a place where she would not be a danger to herself or others. So, mm-hmm. you know. And so I think I, whether she's in prison or an institution, I think she should be there. Right. Yeah. For a long time. Her murder trial started on September 1st, 2009. She received five years in prison and was sent to the Bronzefield Women's Prison. She then turned to Christianity. She spent 439 days in custody before sentencing. So she's out now. She did plead guilty to manslaughter with diminished responsibility. This is a quote from the judge at the sentencing. I understand that this sentence will seem entirely inadequate to the relatives of the deceased. However, I have sentenced on the basis that the reason for the killing was the mental illness and therefore the culpability of the defendant is low. And therefore, the sentence I've passed is designed to protect the public. It is not designed to reflect the grief of the relatives have suffered or to measure the value of Mr. Holland's head's life. No sentence that I could pass could do that. It is a sentence which I hope fairly measures a truly tragic event. Sabina was suffering from delusions which she believed to be true and they dictated her behavior. It is not one of those cases where the defendant could have done something to avoid the onset. This is a quote from the victim's brother, if you want to read this. We don't hold her responsible, the same as we wouldn't blame a rabid dog for biting someone. She is ill and to a large degree not responsible for her actions, but her mental disorder should have been recognized much earlier. I do question the criminal justice system for allowing somebody like this to be let out when she is capable of committing such a crime. Her mental condition should have been properly assessed after what she did on the motorway and the experiences the police had. Her mental disorder should have been picked up prior to her being let out in the community. Glenn saw Erickson in distress and was just trying to help. He wasn't slow in coming forward to help somebody in distress. It was in his nature. He was trying to help. He would help anybody. If he saw a fight in the street and a guy was losing, he would help. So it's a very tragic case for sure. What happened to the other sister? That's a good question. So the other sister didn't get charged with anything. She just recovered in hospital. Is she still paralyzed? Do you know? I, I don't know. Like there's hmm. I couldn't find hardly any information on this case. And this is the reason why I could not find any information right here. This is from Vice right here. And it talks about how the police over there edited out some of the video so they can avoid blame. And and this is it right here. This is back on the highway. And listen to what this one police officer says. This one has then gone over the bonnet of that car. She's then got a punch trace and ran across there. This one? Yeah. Is she under arrest, Yes. Well, 136 if she is. Well, she needs... He's saying she needs to be in cuffs. So that police officer is talking to his senior officer, his lieutenant or whatever, and he said... And the lieutenant says, quote... They need to be given a 136. And they got that on video, which is a clause within the Mental Health Act 
That means the police can hold a person on account of their mental health, as well as having to give the detainee a mental health assessment. Neither of these things happened. Wow. And therefore, an innocent victim was stabbed to death. And the fact that the government, police, whoever decided to edit that video out made people more pissed if they would have just left it in. Yeah. Because it came out eventually. This was actually leaked by a reporter or something. I don't know. What do you guys think? This is a crazy case. Mm. I didn't know this even existed. Um, yeah, it's wild. Yeah. I mean. I'd be interested in seeing more cases with this in it. Mm. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to hit that subscribe button on whatever podcasting app you use. If you like this story, you follow us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. If you're absolutely obsessed with this podcast and want to become our twin, go to talkmore.com slash join. Become a Talk Primo. Get a badass t-shirt, stickers, swag, a lot of love. Shout it out all over the place. Tell me what story you want me to do. I'll research it and I'll dedicate it to you here on the Talk Murder Me podcast. My name is John here with Jen and Nicole. And until next time, folie adieu.